And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Carry on our way with us. There'll be peace when you are gone. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 27 of Lupa's Bits. I am your host, Lupa Barty, a.k.a. That'll make somebody happy. Stephanie J. Barty. Um, Happy New Year, everyone. I know you're listening to this uh, on the 8th of January, so you've had eight days to kind of get used to it. And uh, to be quite honest, I've done the seven day uh, free trial and I would like a refund. Um, I'm not going to share my opinions or personal views on what transpired on the 6th of January um, because that's nobody's business but my own. And it has absolutely no bearing on the podcast I'm about to do. Just know that my heart is with my American family, no matter what side of the fence you're on, Um, and I love you all. All right, that being said, Happy New Year. Talk about a weird New Year's Eve. Um, I did my podcast, and uh, you're sliding away. And then I went and um, I spent New Year's Eve with my sister and my brother-in-law, my niece and my nephew, until I think about nine o'clock and they all went to bed. (laughs) And then uh, my mom and I tootled our little butts off downstairs to her new suite. And um, she wanted to watch Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen. Ugh. And I wanted to watch Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve with Brian Seacrest. I've been watching Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve since I was old enough to stay up and watch Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. And so we kind of bounced in between the two. Now, she has satellite, so I kept telling her the one that we had landed on was not the right one. It was not the right time. It was it was a different time zone and she's like, no, 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 no. So we're flipping back and forth and we missed the dropping of the ball in Times Square. We did not see it. This is the first time in I don't know how long, 40 some odd years that I have not seen that ball drop in Times Square. So my mom and I kind of snuck into 2021. We're going to go with that. We snuck in. It's kind of like, you know, you're you're not invited to the big popular kids party, but you just follow a crowd in and you're just kind of there. You're looking around going, I really don't belong here. Um, I don't know how I'm here. Um, does nobody notice me? And I'm just going to go stand over here in the corner and, and, and just observe, which is pretty much what I'm doing. I'm observing. <sighs> I tell you, I'm observing. And I didn't make New Year's resolutions because 
I fully believe that resolutions are made to be broken. Everybody makes them. Everybody breaks them. So why would I make New Year's resolutions when I know they're going to be broken? That is the nature of a resolution. You break it. Anyway, so I didn't make any resolutions. I set goals. Um, that noise you hear in the background is um, a very delicious smelling cup of decaf Earl Grey tea being brewed as we speak because it's a little chilly tonight. Um, I was outside doing some yard work around the trailer and some fox uh, tracking and hunting looking for a fox that we think may had may have may have made a den under the trailer and I was just checking all of my tie downs and all of my clip offs making sure everything was still secure still going to keep me dry um shoveled off my deck chipped off all the ice off the stairs um, dug out my recycle bin and realized that I never did drill the holes in the bottom of the container. So it was full of water and it froze. So I need to clear a space somewhere in here and sit it on a garbage bag. I have lots of, I have lots of space. Um, don't think my, my trailer is a mess because it's not, especially not after today. I spent all day cleaning it, putting stuff away from Christmas, putting stuff away that I just kept saying, I'll deal with later, I'll deal with later, I'll deal with later. And today was the day to deal with all of the things, all of the things that I said I was going to deal with later. And I dealt with, I would say, 98% of the list of things I had on... Wait, I'm trying... 98% of the things on the list of things that I had to do. I did them. I dealt with them. And this podcast is going to deal with the last two. Um, the last two percent. Anyway, so I got a bit of a chill when I was outside today because I was lying down in the snow and I was kneeling down in the wet and the snow and, you know, I got damp and I didn't come in and change. I just continued doing what I was doing and my gloves got wet so my hands got cold and my feet didn't get cold, but my pants were, my knees were wet, my hands were wet. So I got a bit of a chill and I've been curled up on the couch probably since about three o'clock this afternoon, um, snuggled up under the blanket, just watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer because, you know, Buffy. <laughs> If they finally put it on Prime, so I'm re- I was really excited when I found it a couple of weeks ago, and I finally now I have the opportunity that I can sit and I can binge a few episodes um, here and there, and I'm like, ooh, yay, Buffy! I miss Buffy, and I haven't seen it in so long that it's like watching it all over again. It's like watching it brand new. It's like I don't remember that. I don't remember that. I don't remember any of that. It's great. I love it. Um, so yeah, I've been watching Buffy for most of the afternoon and, uh, I made myself, um, a really decent lunch and then I went outside and I worked and that, and then I had, um, 
kind of a small dinner because I wasn't really hungry. So I'm sticking to my healthy eating. Um, I didn't do my exercise, like my scheduled, like planned out arm crunches, like arm things and, and, and crunches and squats. I didn't do my better me exercises today because I was outside doing physical labor for, I was probably out there for a good 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and I spent a good half hour chipping away and, and pounding away on the ice on the, the stairs of the deck. Um, so I, I got a lot of physical activity in today. Plus I cleaned the trailer from one end to the other. Now, mind you, it's a small trailer, but I had to put my Grams's village away. And then I had to find a place to put the, the tub that the village goes in. And I had to rearrange, um, like lifting stuff. And I lifted up the bed to see the space underneath and put some empty boxes under there. And I found another leak over in the bedroom area because I haven't really done much in the bedroom area because I'm too hot when I sleep now as it is. So I thought, okay. But then I got thinking, you know, if cold air is coming in there. It's still working against the heaters. So might as well find all of the leaks. So I'm slowly working on the bedroom esque area um, and finding the leaks there. Now, some of them are kind of hard to get to because of the way the spot is designed, but I'm doing my best. Um, today um, was a rough day of doing that because the one spot that I was doing was under the bedside table. There's a cabinet. It's a cabinet type table because I'm in a camping trailer. So it's all about the storage space. That's what camping trailers are all about the storage space. So this is a bedside table that has storage and has a door. It's a cabinet. Um, so I had to get up underneath because there was a hole and um, there had been a major leak in the one corner and I guess it had gone down in there. Now that I'd stopped the leak, it had dried up and the wood was brittle and I guess they'd had an issue with mice. So there was um, steel wool in there. So I got that all sealed up, but I had to climb into this little tiny cabinet, the top half of me anyway, into this little tiny cabinet to reach the back of it because it's a fairly deep cabinet. The space in it is amazing. Anyway, um, I was lying on the lip uh, because there's a face on the front of the cabinet where the door is. So there's a good two inch lip where the door sits. Um, like the door isn't flush with the ground. The, the hole for the door is not flush with the ground. There's a two inch lip. It's a hole with a two inch edge all the way around it. So I was lying with that up on my ribs on my right side. And like you can, you can probably hear when I breathe in that it's kind of like a, yeah, you know, um, pretty sure I shifted or bruised maybe even dislocated a rib. Um, so, and I mean, I've broken ribs before. I've been around people who have broken ribs. There's not a whole lot that can be done except for wrapping my chest really tight and, or, you know, whatever. So I'm doing what I know to do and I'm taking it easy, but breathing and you'll hear me shift and, and I go, am I grunt? Am I grown? You don't know. I might make weird noises. That's why you'll know that is why. But I am back home in the little trailer. 
And, uh, yeah, like I said, I was doing some work around the homestead today. And uh, we had a fox move in while I was away. And Crystal had told me that Brian had seen it. And he was a decent-sized fox. I haven't seen it yet. Seen its footprints. <laughs> Big old paw prints. Um, I'm not sure those are fox paw prints. They are canine. They are definitely canine because you can see the nail mark. Um, canines do not have retractable nails, whereas feline do. So it's definitely canine. Um, but it's a decent sized paw print. Decent sized. So it could be what I was looking at could have been coyote. Not unheard of. But all of the tracks were leading up underneath the trailer and in around the back of the trailer and all around the trailer. And we have, you've heard me talk about the bunnies. There are five of them. Now, I've only named, I've named one, Crystal named one. I named George and she named Tilly. And I haven't seen the bunnies since I've been home. Crystal has said she's seen them, so they are still around. I saw bunny prints. But the fox will eat the bunnies. So the bunnies were here first. The bunnies are lovely. They're very cute. They're entertaining to watch. We don't have a vegetable garden, so it's not an issue. Um, so we want the fox to kind of move along. <laughs> so if it was denning down underneath the trailer, we needed to move it along. It, it did not need to be there. So yes, while I understand that... Crawling underneath the trailer when there could be a wild fox bedded down underneath there was not the safest of endeavors. <laughs> I did take precaution. Um, I did make sure that the end of the trailer that I was going up under was completely open. And I could completely see all the way around. There was nothing under there. And I was able to see all the way to the far end. There was nothing under the trailer. At all. Living under there. Just grass. So I followed the tracks. I did a little tracking um, of my own. And I followed the tracks. And what the fox has been doing is using the underside of the trailer basically as a shortcut. Or to just kind of get out of the wind for a minute and then carry on. Because the tracks carry on um, past down the fence line and along the tree line behind my trailer. So... No worries, you know, it can move along, but it's not bedding down under there. Um, I didn't see any evidence of bedding or nesting. Um, there was no den-like area that it had created under there. It was all fairly open and um, there was no brush or anything, no bedding, nothing, so... It's not sleeping under my trailer, which is good. I mean, in a good, in one way, it would have, um, oh dear. Sorry, I just, I'm checking and I, I was kind of distracted while I was making my tea. So I didn't put the um, thingy back in. Yes, that's a technical term for my coffee pot. It's a one cupper. And I didn't put the um, basket holder back in. And I think I overfilled it in the back. Because I have a pretty full cup of holy moly. Yes, I did. Anyway. All right. We'll just make sure everything's unplugged. That could 
possibly be a problem and we'll just carry on with life because that's what you do. You carry on. Okay, so now that I've yammered on for 15 minutes about nothing, <laughs> really, <laughs> um, yes, I am back home. So I'm starting the first podcast of 2021 from the trailer. Um, I wonder if that's an indication of how my year is going to be. Don't know. I don't like to speculate how my year is going to go. I don't like to speculate on um, how society's year is going to go because I don't want to know. I want to take each day as it comes, deal with each catastrophe, put out any fire that I can, go over every obstacle, immerse myself in every joy that I possibly can as it happens. I don't want to know ahead of time. I don't. I don't want to know. So, what I want to talk to you about is something that I touched on yesterday in my TikTok. And I was actually going to do my podcast yesterday. Uh, but I was needed elsewhere. And I chose to be supportive and not do it yesterday and put it off until today. So... There you go. So here we are in the 11th hour, almost. Not quite, but almost. Um, and I'm doing the podcast. <laughs> so what I want to talk to you about is emotional deficits. Now, I'm not talking about the mental disorder um, of emotional deficiency. I'm talking about emotional deficit. So in bookkeeping... Oh, it's 1%. Okay. In bookkeeping, a deficit is a negative. In math, a deficit is a negative. And generally, you don't want a negative. So what I mean by an emotional deficit is that you are operating in an emotional deficit. Your emotional input or level is less than where it should be, is less than what it should be. Excuse me for a moment while I feed my soul. Oh. That tea is, you know, you make a cup of tea and sometimes it's, yeah, it's all right. And then sometimes you get it just the right temperature, just the right amount of steeping in the tea, just the right amount of milk for you Americans, just the right amount of sweetness and ice because you're all weird. I like, don't get me wrong. I like me a good sweet tea. I like iced tea. I'm all about cold tea, but right now it is about the hot Earl Grey. And it's perfect. And you wrap your hands around the cup and that warmth just seeps into your body. And you take that first sip and oh my goodness, it just explodes in your mouth and it's perfect. And it just warms every cockle of your heart right down to the tippy, tippy, tippiest of your toes. Yep, just like that. Okay, back to what I was saying. Let me sit myself back down on my couch because that's where we are podcasting from today. We are not podcasting from the kitchen table. We are not podcasting in front of a live studio audience. We are not podcasting from the boudoir. We are sitting on the couch in what is supposed to be the living room in the trailer. The living room area of the trailer. 
I think I just muffled the microphone. So that last little bit might be a little muffled. Terribly sorry about that. Anyway, an emotional deficit. Now, you don't always know that you have reached an emotional deficit. Um, it's funny because people will recognize a spiritual deficit far earlier than they will recognize an emotional one. They will recognize a physical deficit far sooner than they will recognize an emotional one. And most people that operate or reach an emotional deficit are ones that, excuse me, are givers, are, are doers, are helpers. Um, and that is how they end up depleting their emotional resources because they keep giving and they keep giving and they keep doing and they keep supporting and they keep loving. And sometimes they do that with the expectation that if they keep doing it, eventually it will be reciprocated. Um, and that's not always the case. Nine times out of 10, it's not the case. If you're giving and giving and giving until you have nothing left in the hopes that it's going to be reciprocated, I can tell you right now, it's not going to be. If it isn't reciprocated in kind when it's given, no amount of giving is going to make it be reciprocated. You're not going to get it back. And yes, I I, I totally, uh, I have the Bible quote from Acts running through my head as we speak. It is better to give, is more of a blessing to give than it is to receive. And one of the universal truths are the more you give, the more you receive. <clears throat> okay, you know what? No, not necessarily. Yes, it is better to give than to receive because it shows that you are generous and you are kind and you are loving and you are unselfish and you are yada, yada, yada. But the whole, the more you give, the more you receive, I want to call bullshit on because it's not true. Not even maybe. Every single relationship that you are in whether it's a personal one, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a work relationship, whether it's a family connection, doesn't matter. At some point in time, one of you is going to be the giver, one of you is going to be the receiver, and one of you is going to give way more than the other is given back. It happens. No relationship is completely balanced. But that being said, if you find after a while that you're giving and giving and giving and giving and unless you ask for it or you bring up a conversation that requires the other person to express their position, you're not replenishing your emotional well. You are running the risk of ending up at an emotional deficit. And when you do, you end up hurt because you expect what you're putting out to be reciprocated back. And you, and you don't expect it selfishly. Don't think that 
that you're expecting it selfishly because you're not. If you're in a relationship with somebody, and like I said, whether it's personal, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a family connection, you expect that emotion to be reciprocated, to be given back to you in some way, shape or form. Or it's no different than having a crush on somebody that doesn't know. Caring for somebody who's never there. It's no different than that. A relationship is give and take. But it's give and take on both sides. Sometimes you give, sometimes you take. It's not one gives, one takes. And then one gives when one is forced to give. To appease the one that's giving the most. That's not how things are supposed to work. And I found myself running, and I have been for a while now. Um, and I spent an awful lot of years running at an emotional deficit. And I walked away from a very long-term relationship because I no longer wanted to do that. I no longer wanted to be in a relationship where my affection was not reciprocated. Where it had to be dragged out of the other person by questions. And since then, I had regrouped and had formed old friendships, new friendships, old relationships, new relationships, but with clearly defined boundaries and clearly defined expectations. And I found that as the months went on, weeks went on, um, in a few of, of these relationships, those expectations were not being met, were not being respected. Those um, boundaries, well, not even boundaries, but the expectations, the um, things that I said that I needed from the relationship were not being met. I mean, oh, yeah, I got great lip service at first. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I tell you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I totally had to go with that because I could hear the accent. So I totally had to go with that. Oh, yeah, you betcha. Anyway, um, I was assured that, you know, don't worry. It's all good. And I started finding that I was beginning to feel more like a convenience when there was nothing else to do, I was the person to talk to. When there was nothing else going on, I was the person to talk to. I was the person to hang out with. But when life around them started happening, I was not even a second thought. Except maybe last minute, oh, hey, wanted to check in. How you been? Haven't heard, you know, been so busy. 
But for me, I would make time throughout the day to stop at some point, just fire off a a message. Hey, just saying, hey, how's it going? Thinking about you. What you doing? How you feeling? Now, one of the people that um, I was starting to feel this way with has since uh, made an effort to reciprocate. And I get, every morning, I get a, good morning, how are you? It's a beautiful day. I just wanted to say good morning. I'm off to work. Video from them. You know, I'll I'll talk to you when I get home from work. Love you. Bye. And it makes me smile every single morning. And the first thing I do as soon as I get that video is I fire one right back at them. Good morning. And I mean, even in the days like today, <laughs> they totally did not feel like being chipper and cheery. And they were not chipper and cheery in their morning video. But they wanted to say good morning and and make that connection. You know, I'm grumpy, I'm miserable, but the sun is shining and I want to say good morning to you. This is your good morning message. Love you. Talk to you when I get home from work. And I sent back one. You know what? What do you mean the sun is shining? I don't see any sun. Because I was still sitting on the bed. Because I get up and I scroll for like an hour through my emails, I check my emails, I check my messages, all of that stuff. And then I got a message back that said, open the door, dummy, you you are living under a tarp. You can't see the sun under a tarp. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> the window I was looking out, I still had the blinds closed, and the window I was looking out, I forgot, was three quarters of the way covered by a tarp. So, of course, no sunlight's getting in. But, yes, there was sun. It was a beautiful sunny day. But they have since started reciprocating in kind. And um, there used to be a lot of misunderstanding between me and this person. And we have, have started recognizing that what we're saying might be misinterpreted. The tone might not be read correctly. So we say, hey, don't think that I'm, I'm, I'm saying this to be bitchy in any way, shape or form. Don't think that I'm trying to be grumpy. Don't think that I'm trying to be, you know, I'm mad or anything. That's not the tone that I'm using. To make sure that nothing is misunderstood. And it's great. It's great. I completely and totally appreciate it. And it is filling up my emotional well in that relationship. Now, there are some that... um I have decided that I am only going to give what I receive. And that is all. And so far, um, I'm not even exactly sure that that has been noticed. That I have stepped back, so to speak, and scaled back my... um, Willingness to do whatever it takes to make them happy. Because I feel that it wasn't intentionally being taken for granted, but it was kind of subconsciously expected 
when they would have a bad day, I was expected to cheer them up or listen to them vent, which I'm fine with. I'm totally fine with. But, I don't know. I don't know. It just started to feel very one-sided. Um, and I hate that. I hate that. I have spent a lot of years feeling like I was in a one-sided relationship. And I refuse to do it again. Refuse to do it again. I will not question where I stand in a friendship or a relationship or family connection. I will not question that. If I don't know, there's a problem. I will back away. I'm out. I'm done. Because I can't be the one to constantly carry the relationship. I can't. I just, I can't. And I know some of you might be sitting there listening to this going, what do you mean? I don't understand. I don't know where you're coming from. You're not expected to carry the relationship. No, I'm not expected to carry it. But my level of commitment apparently doesn't match others' level of commitment. So in order to protect the fullness of my emotional well, I need to lower my level of commitment. And my level of input to match the level of output. Now you think about it. Okay, so you've got a well of water. All right. And you've got five gallons a day going into this well. But you've got 10 gallons a day going out of this well. How much, how long is that water going to last? Not very long. But if you have five gallons going in and five gallons going out, that well is going to last. And that's kind of what I've had to do. I've had to step back, put a wall or two back up and reevaluate the level of emotion. I mean, I'm an Aquarius, so my emotions flow freely at the drop of a hat and I feel very intensely all emotions, anger, which is why I try not to get angry very often because when I do, it can be very explosive um, I am working on that, but sadness, I feel very intensely. Hurt, I feel very intensely. Love, I feel very intensely. It's just who I am. I realize it's not who other people may be, and that's fine. But in order to protect myself... I need to bring myself to their level because I was, I was feeling like I was a convenience. I feel bad. Oh, let's talk to Steph. Let's get a hold of Lou. See what she's doing. She'll cheer me up. I'm having a bad day at work. Hey, what are you doing? Talk to me. Tell me something funny. Oh, wait, no. Tell me how bad your life is. Then I'll feel better. 
when I reach out, I'm busy. Or, you know, fix 16 other things are going on. So I've stopped telling people that I need them. Because I need, obviously, to figure out how to need myself. Because I am the only one that is going to be able to fill up my emotional well. I can't expect somebody else to do it. I have to. And I have to be able to support and carry myself through the hard times. I have to be able to comfort myself through the hard times. I have to be able to pick myself up when I am at my lowest and carry myself until I can stand on my own again. I need to do that for myself. I need to do that by myself. I can't expect somebody else to want to help do that. I can't. That's selfish. And Turning to somebody else depletes that emotional well. Because nine times out of ten, it's... I don't exactly know how to say this. Um, and not because I'm trying to find words to say it so that I'm not, you know, calling anybody out. No. I really literally cannot find the words to explain this. Um, I feel like I'm listened to when I'm having an issue. I feel like it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, you poor you. Oh, guess what? Guess what just happened to me? Guess what's going on? In my life. Guess who did something to me. And I'm like. Uh, okay. Alright I guess we're done. What's going on with you? Tell me about it. What can I do? Meanwhile. I'm still. Flayed raw. From what happened to me. And I was kind of brushed aside. And alright. So. When I started feeling like a convenience, when I started feeling like I wasn't getting the same input, the same output that I was putting in, the same back that I was putting in, um, I scaled it back with a few people. And like I said, one relationship has changed. And efforts are being made now on both parts. Don't think that I'm I'm still sitting back here going, gimme, 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 gimme. Oh, no, no, no. The minute that it changed, the minute that I started to see the effort being put back towards me that I was putting into it, I went right back to where I was. Oh, yeah. What can I do for you? How can I help you? What do you need? Because I'm now getting the same thing from that person. What can I do for you? How can I help you? 
I'm here for you. You're important to me. I love you. Well, it's more of I love your face. <laughs> but you get the you get the idea. I know I'm loved. And that's I think that's all anybody wants in any kind of relationship. When you love somebody, you want to know that that person loves you. You don't want to question. You don't want to wonder. You don't want to think, oh, well, they care about me. Because it's not the same. Caring is not the same as loving somebody. Not even close. I care about the lady at the post office. She's a wonderful... She's amazing, by the way. She's really, really cool. I care about contributors to our magazine. I don't know them personally. I don't love them. I care about them. So when you love somebody, you want to know that that person loves you back. If they don't, then you need to start thinking about maybe reevaluating why you love them. Start looking, you know, changing the way the relationship is because you can't force somebody to love you. You can't. You just, you can't. It's not going to happen. They either do or they don't. Love doesn't develop over time from affection. Love is always there. You just recognize it after a time. But the love is always there from the beginning. It's always there from the beginning. Why do you think when you are in a relationship or in a friendship and you love that person and it's like, oh my God, I feel like I've known you forever because that love is there from the very beginning. It just takes you a while to recognize that it's there, to accept that it's there. And if it's not there, move on, cut them loose, be a friend, care, go back to be, to caring because you're not doing anybody any favors. You're not doing yourself any favors. You're not doing them any favors by hanging around. Took me a long time to figure that out. And I don't want to be convenient anymore. I don't want to be I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to live on an emotional deficit. Nobody should live on an emotional deficit. It's draining. It's very, very draining. Um, I took a day today, actually, for myself. I have not interacted face-to-face with any other human being. I have not looked at another human being's face except for Buffy on TV. Now, that doesn't mean I haven't been communicating with other human beings. Oh, that's a lie. I did look at one human being's face this morning. I did. Um, but that doesn't mean I haven't been communicating with other human beings. But I took today for me. Working outside, had my headphones on so nobody could talk to me. Just me and the snow and the sun 
inside today. I had my music on. My little world. Putting my things away. Tidying up. Put my grand's village away. And I cried. I set up the little stand that I had Graham's Village on now has, you know, Vera, my aloe plant. My dad's picture is now up there with the lights because I'm, you know what? Those aren't just Christmas lights, man. Those are staying up all year. I love them. They're pretty. I can do that. And uh, I vacuumed and just cleaned and tidied and puttered. But I spent the day inside my head. And I haven't done that in a while. I haven't spent the day in my head. And I found a few things that I thought I had lost. I found a few things that I forgot. <laughs> um, just lying around up there in my head. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't do this podcast yesterday. Because it's given me the day to think about... what an emotional deficit means to me and what being an overgiver means to me. Because when I care about somebody, I will go to any lengths. Sorry, I have a mouse problem. I have a little mouse in here somewhere and something just rustled beside me. So I'm just making sure that it's just the cord from the power bar settling and I'm not going to see this little mousy rodent sharp teeth going to lunge at me and bite my face off looking at me from behind my garbage can. If you hear me scream, you'll know. Oh, I know what it was. It was my paper towel fell down. All right. Okay. All is right with the world again. All right. Now we can carry on. Where was I? Um... I honestly don't remember where I was. Hmm. Maybe the that was a sign that I need to switch tracks. But I'm I'm I don't know. I'm tired of feeling alone in relationships that I have, which it sounds odd, I know. But there are friendships that I have um, there are relationships that I have. There are family connections that I have that I feel very alone in. And I'm tired of feeling alone in those. And it's time for me to do something about them. Uh, I have talked to the all parties involved. I have expressed my, my feelings numerous times. Um, and here we sit. To no avail. <laughs> so that's when I, I decided that I need to scale back my input to match their output. And go from there. And if their output never changes, then I need to reevaluate how much more I'm willing to input. Because life is very short. And I've had that hammered home to me. Very extensively. 
in the last, well, even just the last few months. I can't use my grams as an example. The woman lived to 93 years old. So, <laughs> um, but I can't, I'm, I'm not getting any younger and I'm not saying that I need, um, other people in my life to make my life complete because I don't, my life is complete with me. I am content and I was told recently that contentment is not the same as happy. Being content is not the same as being happy. No, it's not. But it's a damn good place to start. And I am content right now with who I am. I am not content with the way my life is. I am not content with the way... um certain relationships in my life are going and I made steps yesterday to make my position known um, on a family front basically flat out told my daughter-in-law that it is my life my children are grown I have raised my kids I'm not abandoning my children. They are grown and have lives of their own. I should not be expected to sit around because that's what they're used to. Neither their father nor I were happy. And I was told yesterday that my ex is actually happy. And that makes me happy. It really does. It really does. Because I know he was not happy. I wasn't happy and he wasn't happy. There's no way he could have been happy with the way things were. No way at all. Neither one of us were happy. And now we are both uncontent. He's happy. Perfect. And we're still friends. We still manage to be friends. It can happen. Odd as it sounds, it can happen. Um... Trust me, it's not all sunshine, rainbows, and roses. It's not. But we're not going to get into that on this podcast. Not not today. We're talking about something else. But it was that relationship that I spent a lot of years living in an emotional deficit. Because I would give and give and give and give and give. And he was not the type of person that would reciprocate. Um, I was expected to know that he loved me. And unless I said it first, it was not said back. It was never said first. If I said, I love you, I got back, love you too, love you. It was, unless I finally had had enough and my well was depleted and I blew my stack, it was not ever said first. Um, random acts of affection, <laughs> as I call them, random acts of affection were never reciprocated. Um, you know, I would go up and, you know, just kiss him on the cheek and walk away. 
that was never done back to me. So I eventually got to a point where I was feeling like, you know, what's the point? It's not being reciprocated. It doesn't matter. And we were on two different wavelengths. And eventually we both just stopped trying and we both realized we're better off as friends. And we spent a lot of years as friends <laughs> raising our kids, but our kids are grown. And this is what I told my daughter-in-law yesterday. My kids are grown. I have grandbabies. Yes, but they're not my children. They're my grandchildren. I don't have to raise them. Yes, I want to be part of their lives, but I don't have to be part of their lives 24-7. It's time for me to start living my life. I have lived my life for my children for the past 30 years. I am 48. The 18 years prior to having my children... I was in and out of hospitals. I was in and out of therapy and psychologists and psychiatrists. And we will get into that. You've, If you've followed my podcast, if you've listened to any of the 26 preceding episodes, you will know what has transpired. There is one episode where I tell you exactly what happened in the 18 years leading up to the birth of my first child. I'm not going to rehash it today. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so 18 years of my life I spent running from everything that was going on inside of me. And then the next 30 years I spent raising my children. Now there were two and a half years that I had a nervous breakdown and I ran away from home, literally ran away from home. But for the most part, I was there doing the best I could with the tools I had to raise my babies. My daughter turned 19. And I kind of went, where has my life gone? What have I done? I am not happy. I can't see doing this for another 40 years. I can't. I can't. The thought of it just made me want to scream. I couldn't do it. I want my life. And that may sound selfish, but I'm going to take a little selfish. I need to refill my emotional well. I got nothing left in there. Drop a stone in there and you hear it clink on the bottom. There is no boop when it hits water because there's nothing in there. Nothing. My deficit is so far down, I don't know how long it's going to take to fill it back up. I really don't. I don't. I'm trying to. But I also need to learn to lower my expectations. I have pretty high standards. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm finding that I have high standards. I know what I want. I know what I'm willing to settle for. And I will accept nothing less. Um, 
but I just want to be happy. I want to, I don't know, I want to live my life the way I want to live it. And I don't want to feel like I'm convenient. I don't want to feel like I am the last resort, the second thought. No, I want to be somebody's first thought. I want to be somebody's, hey, get a hold of her. We got to tell her. Or, oh my God, what's Steph doing? I need to call her. Something amazing just happened. Or something horrible just happened. I need to call her. That's who I want to be. I need to call Steph and find out how she's doing. I don't want to be an afterthought for crying out loud. I'll be an after eight, but I don't want to be an afterthought. And the reason why I said I'll be an after eight is because those suckers are wafer thin. I will be wafer thin. I would like to be wafer thin and minty. <laughs> um, I deserve more. I deserve more. I do. You know, I deserve more. So, okay, this wasn't supposed to be a podcast about me today. This was supposed to be talking about recognizing when you are operating at an emotional deficit. And somehow it ended up about me. Um, but when you you start to feel like you're a convenience, when you start to feel like... Um, your emotional input is almost expected and anticipated and ah, but not reciprocated. You need to step back, regroup and take time for yourself to refill that well, because you can't give indefinitely. There is not an unending amount of emotion in that well. There isn't. Love, friendship, kindness, all of that needs to be replenished at some point. You need to feel appreciated. You need to know you're loved and cared for and wanted. And not just for what you can do, but for who you are. And not because you are this person that does this. But because of who you are, your sense of humor, how you look, how you feel, how you laugh. And if you're not, then you need to discuss that or fix the situation. And there are a few ways to fix that situation. So... My moral of the story, <laughs> so to speak, for this week is don't allow yourself to live on an emotional deficit. Certain patterns that you may have followed in previous relationships will no longer work for you. You need to be healthy. Emotionally, spiritually, physically, you need to be healthy. And if you're feeling like 
you're more of a convenience. You're more of a second thought. You're not getting back what you're putting in. Then you need to find a way to refill that well. And if that means scaling back and meeting them at their level of output with your level of input, then so be it. Do that. And you may be surprised. Some of them, some people may, oh my God, I am so sorry. What happened? Where'd you go? And when you explain it to them and they go, oh, well, okay. And those truly that matter will change their behavior. We'll make an effort to try and put out as much as you're putting in. And I recognize that it may be hard for some people, but the excuse, I'm just not emotional, is not going to fly. You are. Trust me. All of you, every single one of you that I am talking about, I have seen you be emotional. So don't hand me that bull crap. You're not emotional. I've seen it. I've seen it. So there you go. All right. I think I'm going to uh, end it here because I'm starting to get a little ranty and I don't want to get ranty. I wasn't the intent for this podcast. Um, I'm a little emotional. <laughs> but look at that. There's two podcasts now. I did not cry. <laughs> we are setting a new record, people. Okay. All right. I'm going to end this here. If you want to come find me, you can find me on Facebook at Stephanie J. Barty or uh, The World of Myth magazine or Lupus Bits, the podcast. All the same info over on Twitter, except you can find me at Lupa B. Instagram, I'm at Luhu Baskets, Lupa's Bits, the podcast, Stephanie Barty author, Stephanie Lupa Barty author. Uh, TikTok, I am Lady Luhu. And if you want to buy me a coffee, I'm doing a not so masterclass series on writing, on podcasting, and I'm going to be doing one on surviving life, basically life skills that I have learned. And again, I will, as I've said in the intro video that which will be up within the next day or two, it is free. First video is free. Um, I'll post links everywhere. But if you want to be a sponsor, if you want to be a member, go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash lupa, L-U-P-A. And you can donate a dollar, you can do $5 a month, you can do $50 for the year. And there are extras there, there's perks to memberships. So go buy me a coffee. Come on. Uh, 50% of everything that I earn will be going to the Cancer Society for Cancer Research. And the other 50% will be going into a fund so that once the world becomes back to normal, I will be able to travel and do some of these classes in person, uh, do book signings and all of this master, not so master class stuff on the road. Because there are places that are waiting for me. And who knows, I may be coming to a city near you. So 
go check it out. And I would appreciate all the support that you could give. Um, even a dollar means the world to me. So, all right, everybody, I'm out of here. Have a good night. And remember, replenish your well. Do not run on an emotional deficit. All right, everybody. Love you. Talk to you all next week. See ya. Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry